Welcome to College Football Roundtable, your source for college football coverage, including major storylines, playoffs, can't miss game previews, and picks each week. Join your hosts, Dan, Rob, and Jordan at the roundtable for a show unlike anything else. As for Football presents the College Football Roundtable. Welcome back, Peanut Gallery. Uh, glad to see you guys on and join the live stream. We are getting started. It is week zero, and we have our first week of college football in a very, very long time. We're settling into the 2023 season. Navy starts their season in Dublin. Army is on the NFL Network, and the Big Ten is multiplying like a gremlin dunked in a swimming pool. I know that that is a dated reference. <laughs> However, it is a classic holiday film, and it really gets to the point. Big teams out of control, but welcome back, Trash Talkers, to the College Football Roundtable, or if you prefer, Ring Knocker Radio. We have a special Ring Knocker Radio version of it today. Uh, we normally call it two O's and an NCO. We're waiting for Joe. Hopefully, he'll pop in here in a bit, but uh, he was in the outline, so we know that he's uh, still amongst the living. We just got to get him on the show. <laughs> anyway, I'm your host, Rob, from Fayetteville, North Carolina. We got Dano Ikebesa calling out of coastal Connecticut. And joining us today to talk about Navy is Mark the Witty Mitty. And so if you are following him on the socials, you'll get jabs and uh, pokes because uh, he is always uh, very, very active, particularly as it gets into the football season. And for me, it makes everything great. But we will pause for a second there. And how's it going today, guys? We already heard my frustrations. I'm happy to be here. I got a beer, even if it's non-alcoholic. Can't decide if that's good or if I need to get dunked on for that. But anyway, here we are. And I'm... uh... I'm doing great. Navy's Twitter troll and now two-time guest on the Ezra Football Podcast. So I'll, I'll be painted with Everush. I got no issues with that. Happy to be here. Awesome. All right. And as we're waiting for Joe to load up, uh, I'll just go ahead and pay some bills. So we've got a sponsor here, uh, buyerbarn.com. Uh, Buyer Barn's been our sponsor for about a year. Uh, Dan Robinson, my brother from another mother, ran a traditional co-op for several years. And then he realized that uh, there's probably a way to bring this thing into the 21st century. So he and his co-founder, Dino, took their experience in IT management and development to build the world's first farm-to-farm online auction and sales platform. The upside is it reduces health uh, issues, reduced animal owner contact, reduces animal fraud by a buyer rater selling system. Fully integrated auction with uh, secure platforms, and you can buy and sell at your own time. Uh, plus, you get better market pricing because you have a wider audience. Think about eBay versus a yard sale. You're going to have more people come in and take a look at your stuff. Either way, uh, Buyer Barn is dedicated to helping small farmers in America and are providing a special discount for military veterans. And you can find out more by going to buyerbarn.com or email them at info at buyerbarn.com, or you can always jump onto the Astro Football website, and there is a button that you can follow on the screen. Let's drive into a little bit of uh, what this show is about. It's College Football Roundtable. We talk about college football writ large. We've got a bunch of uh, homers here for Army, so we try and avoid that and keep that activity on the Army football show. <laughs> However, we get some pretty uh, in-depth discussions uh, talking about the Big Ten with uh, Joe, who's our resident expert. He lives right up the street from the big house, so he gives us a lot of the inside track on uh, the Big Ten. It's more like the Big 43 and growing, but uh, we'll keep going through this. But we talk about Army football early. We talk about the other service academies here. That's why we have uh, the Witty Mitty joining us today. We're going to talk about Navy's uh, opener against Notre Dame. And uh, 
quite frankly, if you guys have anything that you want us to talk about during the coverage, we're always open to listen to uh, our fans and input from the Firsty Club to kind of vector the show into a way that uh, you guys like it. We've been doing this for, what, going on three years now, it seems like? Holy moly. I can't believe it. Yeah. Well, we didn't really hit our stride until last year when we kind of when we brought on Joe and kind of changed the format of the show. Yeah. So, but uh, really, that's what we do. And again, if there's anything that everyone's smiling, door kicker, the best man. <laughs> I hear Joe, sort of. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're coming in weak but unreadable. What happens, man. Am I choppy, boys? Yeah, you're a little choppy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but uh, for right now, we'll, we'll roll into the service academies. Dana, what are you tracking? Yeah, man. Uh, Army ended their season last year with a record of six and six. Got that critical win over the uh, mids in double overtime. That was a thriller. Um, obviously, we are going to dive much more into Army season in the coming days. They did, however, name a starting quarterback, Bryson Daly. So we'll put that on this show. Air Force had arguably the best academy football season last year, going 10 and three, winning the Commander in Chiefs trophy. Uh, it got a post win, postseason win over Baylor. They somehow still managed to finished fourth in the Mountain West, which has got to be frustrating when you win 10 games. Uh, like we said, Navy went four and eight. And then adding insult to injury, they they fired longtime coach Ken Niamatololo in the locker room. Uh, we've been doing our best on this show to convince Navy fans that if they don't win 10 games this year, it's a loss. I don't know how that's going to go. So we're going to we're going to ask our residents expert. And uh, this is the point in the show when we would talk about the FCS academies, but we don't have any information on them, except that one of them has boats. And in fact, they both have boats. <laughs> awesome. Oh, I know Joe's working on his on his connectivity, so we're going to roll into the FPI rank, rankings for what it's worth. Uh, and again, these things aren't worth the, the the paper that they're printed on until you get into the season. And even then, uh, FPI rankings don't really matter. But then we'll jump into some other <laughs> nice. Anyway, uh, whether you like it or not, here's the FPI ratings. Uh, so. Ohio State's number one, Bama's number two, UGA is number three, LSU is number four, and Texas is number five as far as the uh, FBI rankings are concerned. Looking at the service academies, Army is ranked 102nd, Air Force is 86th, Navy is ranked 108th. Notable on the Army schedule, uh, they have UTSA and Syracuse early, Troy and LSU in the middle of the season, Air Force, Navy in November, December. Air Force has Utah State, San Jose State in September. They got Navy on the 21st, Army in November, and Air Force looks like they can have another 8-10 to 10 win season. But uh, if you look at their schedule as a whole, it's pretty mediocre. I mean, they don't have any really challenging teams, particularly outside of the conference that are coming in. And I think, honestly, their most challenging contest will be against Air Force and Navy or Army and Navy this year, yeah. which doesn't speak much for their schedule. And then uh, notable for Navy this season, of course, they open this week against Notre Dame and Memphis in September as well. They got North Texas Air Force in October, Temple, and of course, you've got the Pirates versus the uh, the Midshipmen in December, or correction in November. And then you got the Army Navy game, of course, as always in December. What are your guys' thoughts on the schedule? We'll go with Dan. Well, let's Mark. kick it over to Mark first because uh, okay. we got a question. Seriously, um, what does a win look like for the for Navy this year in uh, in Dublin? We got a win in quotes there. Like, what just like what's your season total? What are you looking for? 
Oh, um, I think successful would be six wins and go back to a bowl game. I think it's possible to go to to get seven wins. And I outlined, I think, the last time we talked about those games that I thought were yeah. the pivotal games that, that we do need to we definitely need to bring home a win on. And of course, it's the two service academy games, and and I've got Memphis circled in September. I mean, that's going to be a big test, regardless of how Notre Dame goes. Playing away at Memphis, especially at night, especially during the week, is going to be very tough. And that that's I think where we'll see what this team is is really made of. I can, I've got a lot of detail on who we're returning from starters and such, but um, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities to go seven and five. Okay. That's awesome. Uh, like you said, Rob, I think it's notable that Air Force has zero power five games and they've got their last game is at Boise State. That's definitely got to be the hardest game on their schedule. Um, you know, and, and it's it's odd that Army has the hardest service academy schedule this year, but if they can somehow eke out a winning record against that schedule, that's going to be a memorable season overall. Yeah, I agree. Hey, Joe, do you want to jump in on the FPI rankings? Let's see if uh, we can get a hold of him. He looks like he's frozen. He's he, he's here in spirit, if not in body. <laughs> can you hear me now? No, you're, you're still coming in broken a little crazy. Yeah. You might want to shut your video down, see if that'll yeah. give you some, some audio bandwidth. But uh, – while we're waiting for Joe to troubleshoot, we'll move on to the AP top 10 for week zero. Again, you know, you got Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Bama, and LSU in the top five, and that's just a scramble from the FPI ratings. And then you've got USC. That's nuts. That's <laughs> I'm nuts. sorry. Did, did I say that out loud? Penn State, Florida State, Clemson, and Washington. You know, a little disappointed to see uh, TCU outside of the top 10. You know, I think anybody that – I think when did Florida that, State get good last year? Like, I have no idea. I, it, I've seen them in the top 10 everywhere. I do not remember thinking at any point in the season last year that Florida State was like a legitimate college football team. Yeah, I don't think I ever got excited when like I saw the Florida State schedule or, hey, coming up next in the ACC network, Florida State. <laughs> I just like, Is there anybody know. in the country that's picking Florida State to beat, say, Tennessee? Seriously, seriously. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Pro- probably Desmond Howard, given uh, the fact that he picked Texas A&M last year, you know, and he made himself meme worthy for that one. So, you know, I think the other thing that's interesting, of course, is, you know, you don't see anywhere near the top 10 is uh, TCU. Even mm-hmm. after the, the, the game that they played, like, yeah, it's the national championship, but it was against Georgia. I think the results would have been similar to anybody that was in the playoff I think the best team that had a chance to beat them was uh, Ohio State, and they just couldn't get it done. You know, so I mean, it is what it is. But uh, I think Max Duggan's departure really has a lot to do with uh, how TCU is being looked at this season. So well, he's outside now. He's outside. He's <laughs> it's getting he serious. His, his <laughs> <laughs> there he right, is. So, so are we? I had, to change, I had to change locations. Yeah, that's much. Yeah, that's much better. We got you. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Just so you know, that FPI, I don't know what it stands for. Freaking poser index, because Michigan's not even in the top five. The only list in America, Michigan's not in the top three. I'll just tell you that. Um. So ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And I think maybe he's getting hosed having to play uh, Notre Dame first, because it's not going to be a 35-32 game, in my opinion. I think giving them Notre Dame first game of the season. Uh, I hate seeing a service academy get get uh get housed, but I, I wish they played Notre Dame later on in the season when everything's kind of meshed out and they know exactly what they're running with who's who are the ones and twos and everything. And you know, going into Ireland to play Notre Dame first game of the season, 
that's a that's a full plate. Hey, listen, they'll be able to put new lane lines in the pool, new turf down on the field. I mean, that's listen. It's hard to make money in this country. I mean, real scratch. You know, that's that's real money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brian Newberry had a thing or two to say. No, you're not thinking about wins and losses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a businessman. <laughs> All right. I can tell. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I like what uh I like what Ivan Jasper says about Navy is you, you better get a shot at us before the leaves turn because we're a much better team in October, late October, November. But uh, New- Newberry threw some water on that. Newberry said, look, Notre Dame's gonna get better as the season goes on as well. So why not get a crack at him early? And uh, he's, he's feeling pretty good ab- about that, especially in the era of the transfer portal and a lot of new players uh, on their side. Well, yeah, they get, that's, a lot, that's a lot to hang your hat on. Uh, <laughs> team that beats Clemson, and, and, and you only lose to them by three, and they beat Clemson, what, in the same month? So, yeah. I mean, a loss, a loss to Notre Dame by three points it would be, I think, for, for Navy would be great. It would probably screw up Vegas quite a bit because I'm sure there's some money rolling in on Notre Dame minus 20 and a half. The majority of the money was on It'd be Navy a lot tighter morning. of a line. Was it? Yeah, yeah, it'd be a lot tighter of a line midseason, but I, yeah. I don't know. That's a game I would not bet or stay away from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think legitimately that's that's going to be probably one of the most interesting. It's going to be the most interesting contest of the weekend. I think. Well, that and maybe if UMass can can. Uh, All right, UConn, NC State uh, got the cover for this week only because we'd already put Navy Notre Dame on last week. But um, I, I don't know if I'm the only one tracking that one. But yeah, I'm well, looking forward best to it. UConn I think- fan. I am the best UConn fan. Yes, <laughs> but I, but I also th- I also think that it merits you know taking a look at those games. I mean, there's only seven games this weekend, so you could probably watch some part or all of all the football contests this weekend. We'll dive into it a little bit deeper. But uh, Joe, how are you doing? Since uh, we finally got you on, you have a little bit of signal. So uh, how how are things going on your uh, end? I was excited for today. That's never happened on Streamyard. I'm I'm kind of surprised. Uh, we all know my location is a little wooded, so sometimes. Uh, with, according to the wind, my connection can be weak. But if you guys already went through your picks while I was screwing everything up like a noob, no, uh, no. I got USC uh, minus 31. <laughs> Caleb Williams, this is last year. He's got 60% of his receiving yardage back. They're going to light as, as San Jose State up. Uh, I, I think it's – I think USC in a row, 55-10, I could, I could definitely see that happening. We, we did and, not do our picks yet, Joe, so you still got time. Oh, I, just, I heard you do UConn, uh, the, the UConn pick. So I, just, I didn't yeah, know what no. was happening since I didn't show up back like a professional today. Sorry. All good, guys. All good. Hey, speak, speaking of being professional, Dano, do you mind doing the, the read? Yeah. All right. So uh, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that Craig Oxane, vice president of residential lending for Draper and Kramer in Chicago, is one of our sponsors. West Point, class of 1994, licensed to lend in all 50 states, one of the largest VA uh, lenders in the country. Craig is going to give you the best deal he possibly can. Super competitive rates. I don't know if you guys have bought a house before. If you listen to this show, you might have bought a couple. The mortgage process is super confusing. They basically give you two inches worth of paperwork and tell you to sign your life away. And and it's as you're putting pen to paper that it occurs to you that you really should not have dealt with some clown who's just trying to make a buck off you. You want to deal with somebody who cares, who's not going to rip you off, not a call center, not some random box bank, mindless website, like deal with an actual person. That's Craig Oxane. And, and this is how the West Point Network functions, how the larger academy network in general functions. Craig is helping us stay in business here at Astrophil 
football. And we are trying as hard as we can to help you get the best deal on a mortgage by introducing you to the very man you need to meet. So also, Craig does not charge lenders fees for veterans. That's a huge savings. It's like 1300 bucks. Like, get that money. Go on our website, click the link, fill out a little form. You'll be talking to Craig in a couple of hours. Easy peasy. And, and I'm telling you, you really can't do better on a mortgage. And with that, let's talk about Notre Dame and Navy because we got an actual former midshipman with us here to, to, to tell us about the game. So, Mark, you want to tell us about this matchup a little bit? Yeah, well, how much time do we have to spend on the glorious history and pageantry of the Notre Dame Navy series? Because I know your listeners are very eager to be uh, educated on on all of that glory. Am I right? <laughs> I mean, we, we got a little time. Well, okay. If so they're not. They can change the station. <laughs> <laughs> Say whatever you want. <laughs> to to keep it short, the history that matters in the, in the context of the country is in World War II. Notre Dame was in a lot of trouble. And the Navy came in and said, hey, we will, uh, you know, ask you to, to be one of our VC-12 programs, which was an, an officer commissioning program. So the Navy threw Notre Dame some bucks to keep the doors open and got a lot of Navy and Marine Corps officers um, out of that school. And, um, you know, that school at the time was was all men. So that's where this started. At that point, Notre Dame vowed to play Navy in football every year, partly as a thank you. And uh, Notre Dame kept the blue and gold uniforms that Navy lent to them to wear. And so that's a big deal. Um, I'm like a lot of Navy fans. Personally, I have a lot of stake in this game. My little brother went to Notre Dame at ROTC and, and my wife, who went to Annapolis with me, she has four brothers and sisters and a dad that went to Notre Dame. So the family gets to a lot of have we, we get to have a lot of fun with this game. And I was able to do the flyover at the 2009 game at Notre Dame Stadium. We ended up winning that game 23-21. Jimmy Clausen Clausen hit Michael Floyd in the back with a pass that we intercepted. It was uh, really exciting. So it's a terrific series. Um, A lot of Navy fans get into it. There's a lot of crossover, especially with the good ROTC program at Notre Dame. And then there's other Navy fans that, like a lot of college football, are polarized by Notre Dame and can't stand them and uh, just love to get a crack at them every year. Um, but our players definitely love this, and it's it's a great way for us to kick off the season this year. Like I said, it's a week zero game. Um, Brian Newberry said no big deal on that, um, and I'll start there. But what what else do you want me to get into? Um, so I'm under the impression that the best part of Navy's team is their running defense. Fair or no? I think that's fair. Uh, third, So third best rushing defense in the year last year nationally, even though we yep. played Air Force and Army and, and Cincinnati yep. and the likes of others. Um, defensive pass efficiency, 124th out of 131. So uh, we got burned a lot deep, and that's yeah. where we needed to store the game up. We brought in a new coach as the uh, defensive uh, pass coach, and we return all four starters in the defensive secondary. Okay. So looking pretty good there. If we've done some good work in the offseason, uh, we should be good to go. We've got depth at corner, which has been noted in both spring camp and summer camp as well. But you're right. I think if you're Navy in this game, you hope that Notre Dame is a little skittish with their passing offense with some with a new quarterback, a great quarterback, but a new quarterback. But they're banged up in the tight end room and they're untested in their wide receivers. And so I think if you're if you're a Navy fan, I'll talk about their OC in a minute if you're interested. But if you're a Navy fan, I think that you hope that they run the ball. And you hope that your run defense is as good as it was last year. Yeah. Now, there's a lot to talk about on Navy's offensive side of the ball, um, but I think that's what you hope coming out of the gate there. 
Well, so let me just say, I've seen Sam Hartman play a bunch, including in person, and he is a yeah. bad man yeah. when he does not get hit. But he had that one game. Was it Louisville or West Virginia where they got like eight sacks in the third quarter? Yeah. So if you can get some pressure on him, he is prone to the occasional like boneheaded mistake yeah. or, or you know, putting the ball on the ground, which is what happened in that game. Uh, can well, you guys Steve- get a pass rush? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, staying on that side of the ball. Uh, remember, Brian Newberry's defensive coordinator, his first season at Navy yep. was 2019. And Navy brought a ranked team into South Bend. And uh, I was at that game. Mm-hmm. And and Brian Newberry played it pretty conservative because of the athletes they had. And Notre Dame uh, did whatever they wanted. And Newberry, after that matchup, said, "Never, I'm never going to let Notre Dame do this to me again. So if you look at the games in 2021 and 2022, I could argue that the defense played well enough to keep us in the game. Okay. Um, now, the score might not seem as such, but the thing was, we could not move the chains on offense at all. So on that side of the ball, we do have some challenges. But I do think that the Navy defense can keep this close. I think they'll bring a lot of pressure. And I think the cat and mouse game uh, between the Navy defense and the Notre Dame offense will be especially fun to watch. All right. So you wanted to talk about the offense. Who's playing quarterback for the mids and what yeah. do we need to know? Well, uh, so fall ball kicks off, and, and I saw some tweet that, that Teddy Gleaton was in summer school, and it stopped my heart for a second. Like, Ken Niamatololo's eyes lit up when they talked about Teddy Gleaton. He's advertised yeah. to be able to run the ball and throw it really well. And uh, I started to text somebody in Annapolis, and then I was like, I don't care why he's in summer school. Like, I got other things I got to do. He's in sure. summer school, so he sure. missed the fall camp. Now, having said that, uh, you got Blake Harvath, who's an up-and-coming sophomore from uh, Finley, Ohio, down the road from me. And uh, he's shown really well in spring camp and summer camp as a sophomore. He ran a flexible offense in uh, high school. It's fascinating to watch because they ran the play side slot right through the, the hole as a lead blocker, which is different. But anyway, um, and then you also have Ty Lavatai, who's who showed up well in fall camp as well. I think they will start Lavatai. I think they like Horvath, and they'll give him some snaps in the game. And uh, and they've moved Xavier Arline. He's actually playing a little slot back to get him on the field. So this is this is all Grant Chesnut's uh, new offense or, or wrinkled offense that he's installed since Grant Chesnut, the offensive coordinator, has come in. Um, but I'll tell you, in the last two years, they've really had a hard time moving the chains against Notre Dame and not just a little bit. And I know we had a big comeback in the fourth quarter last year, but Ty Labatai was injured in 2021. Xavier Arline started that game. We scored six points and couldn't move the chains. Mm. Um, last year, Ty Labatai had been hurt in a previous game. It was Xavier Arline's first start, and we struggled to move the ball again. Now, when Masai Maynard came in in the fourth quarter and got a couple touchdowns for us, that's because our line was hurt. So this could be the first time in three years that we feel good about a couple quarterbacks coming in, and if they can stay in the game against Notre Dame, there's some hope. From there, hey, we're returning four guys on the offensive line. And we've got some new wrinkles that we can try out. Um, the defense has got to keep it close, and the offense has to move the sticks, and they got to hold the ball. Yeah. In the last two games, our largest uh, possession time was 34 minutes. We're going to need to have the ball for 37 minutes in this game to win. All right. I've got the last two questions, um, I, and then I'll just let you talk. I mean, you know, we, we brought you on the show to, to, to listen to you talk. But last two questions, both kind of statistical. Um, over under eight passes for Navy. Oh man, I hope the under, but I think it's I think I'm taking the over on that. But I, I hope we can run the ball and, and don't have to throw eight times. Uh over under fifty point five points, which is what the line was when I looked at it this morning. I'll, I'll take the under. Okay. Anybody else? Mm. That's I I wouldn't touch the over under just because it's gonna be so right there. It's gonna be either forty nine or fifty one points because for some reason Vegas has mind readers, but 
I tell you, the, the, the good point about Sam Hartman coming in and maybe being deep in the defensive secondary is, you know, this ain't Wake Forest. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I know he was good, but you're putting on that gold helmet. I'm a Michigan fan, and I know what it means to play at Notre Dame. I don't, but I know how, how steeped in tradition that program is and, and how serious. That's the only dog in town. Like, you're playing football at Notre Dame. And, uh, that you know, who, who's to say first game out – um, you're supposed to beat Navy. You're in Ireland. Maybe, th- you know, he throws a couple of picks. This is anybody's ball game. So I think if Navy wins the turnover battle, they should win the football game because last time Army came in to play Michigan, I think they were 21-point dogs, and Michigan had the two overtimes to beat them because they made it ugly. And you play the service academies, they hit. They don't make mistakes. And if they win the turnover battle, could be anybody's ball game on a neutral field. Yeah, that's that. That's fair. I, I mean, the, the I'd the love to see is, it. I'd love to see Navy get the win. <laughs> you may have just there. lost your job, Joe. <laughs> it's Notre Dame they're playing. It's Notre Dame. The, the opponent had something to do with it. You see this black M? They put food on my plate growing up. I don't like Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's fair. I think I think everybody has a, had their issues with uh, touchdown Jesus and Notre Dame. I think it's going to be an interesting game. I think the neutral field is actually going to play something into it. I think you know not having relative home turf. I mean, everybody that's going to that game has traveled. So I mean, that impacts everything your your travel schedule. Getting yourself on the right clock to play, you know, a, a football contest. You know, at it's two thirty in the PM, right? So it's like, eh, that's not really home time. You're literally twenty four hours or six and a half hours ahead or whatnot. So it, that's going to impact your game. It's going to impact the way that you practice. It's going to impact the way that you play. Uh, sadly, though, I think Sam Hartman is. Gonna, I think this game is going to be made or broken with his arm. Like if he keeps it together and you know throws three hundred plus, it's going to be a long day for, for for Navy. But if he you know has a hiccup puts a ball on the turf, you know, it's, it's scary, but I think more and more in college football, we're starting to see that that quarterback position is starting to become more and more like a pro team, right? Mm-hmm. You live or die by the way that your quarterback plays. Yeah. You got your role players and your skill players, but at the end of the day, you know, QB one, like that's, a, that's a pretty large stretch. And Oh, by the way, if you're Sam Hartman, how would you feel going into, you know, a neutral field game and then you lose it to a team that you're supposed to handily beat? You know what I mean? Like yeah, there goes your draft stock. Right, all the rock. Right. You'll be winding up on the uh, the Houston Roughnecks. Yeah, he'll be the he'll be the first starter in the in the XFL. So I mean, there's there's a lot of other things that are kind of going on behind the scenes that that actually make this a, a much more compelling football contest than uh, just Navy playing Notre Dame. I mean, I like the history of it. I think that's a that's a great comment to, to talk about. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it, it's two programs that are you know going in different directions hopefully they're both trending upward i think that would make for a most more interesting contest but if you look at the way that notre dame played early in the season this may be the gotcha game that's that gets them i mean Mm -hmm. they they played like boo-boo the first half of the season last year and so there is a chance for for navy to put something together and you know a couple mistakes like joe said turnover battle is going to be you know hate to be cliche but you know usually when you see the service academies in the thick of the hunt with a you know bigger team, it's usually as turnovers being the big difference in the whole thing. But uh, 
We'll move on to games of the week as we've talked about this one at nauseum already. So you've got number 13, Notre Dame against Navy at 2.30 on NBC. No surprise there. you got uh, Jacksonville State versus UTEP, 5.30 on the uh, CBS Sports Network. UMass and New Mexico State, 7 p.m. on ESPN. You've got uh, San Diego State versus Ohio at, on FS1. Vanderbilt and Hawaii at uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern on the SEC Network. You've got USC and San Jose State on the Pac-12 Network. And that one's at 8 p.m. if you want to stay up that late to watch uh, Caleb Williams get upset. And then you've got <laughs> Louisiana Tech versus FIU <laughs> at 9 o'clock on the CBS Sports Network. All right, guys, before we give picks, what games are you going to watch? Because there's only seven of them. So which teams do you have your eyes on this week? Uh, I guess I hallucinated that UConn game. That's Thursday or something next week. Anyway, um, definitely Notre Dame Navy. Uh, UMass New Mexico State is liable to be the most uh, entertaining game of the weekend, sort of depending on how things shake out. And then, you know, I don't know, man, once you get into primetime, we'll, we'll see. I mean, San Diego State versus Ohio doesn't exactly – strike me you know what i'm saying yeah uh, like i'm not gonna be knocking down the door to watch that one joe how about you oh, i'm definitely gonna be watching the notre dame navy game um but uh yeah i think that one of the most entertaining games of the week that no one will talk you made me read those off because you're an officer and i'm a grunt and osu's at the top i think that's why you made me do that in the outline <laughs> yeah, we're set, set you um, up but no but uh and then i'm gonna check out usc and and you know the san jose state game i'll you know i'll probably be so ready to watch football i'll probably be up watching that late even though it's a, a later game but i want to see caleb williams and see what kind of uh see what kind of return he's got after winning a heisman because a lot of times winning a heisman it isn't necessarily like a slingshot um, into a great next college season because most guys don't play another college season after they win the Heisman. Yeah. So it, it's to me, it's kind of like a lateral move. Like I won the Heisman, now I'm going to go back and do what I did last season all over again instead of get drafted. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of motivation he's got. Um, and, and and maybe it's to be the first quarterback off the board, even though I don't think he will be. Um, but yeah, I, I want to see what he looks like. And, um, you know, it might be a team that's chirping about being in the playoffs later on in the season. So should be fun to see and and hopefully hopefully navy at least covers and ruins ruins it for all these amateurs that are just going oh notre dame should steamroll navy well it's not that simple um you don't know a whole lot about football if you don't know if that game that i i could see that game in the third quarter being a one score game and everybody be like what happened it's well it's because the service academies come out there and give you your their best shot they don't always get on TV against a top 10, a top 10 opponent. When they do, you're getting their best shot. So, um, and I think traveling to Ireland favors a service Academy better than it does a bunch of college kids who are there to play football. That's just me. Cause we go across the pond from time to time. So I love um, it. Yeah. I'll be watching that game. All right. Yeah. You guys know, you guys know I'm watching Notre Dame Navy and I'll watch New Mexico state UConn for sure. I got to take Notre Dame Navy though. We got some varsity girls soccer games going on. Oh man! And and <laughs> yeah. before hey, before that sounds weird. I have a daughter who plays varsity girl soccer. Oh, yeah, no, it's, yeah. I, I, no. yeah, we got that. I mean, we all got no. kids. Yeah, all, all good. Just uh, make sure that you. We mom... trusted the purity of that statement. I promise, I did. 
<laughs> hey, everybody, bomb bomb Mark's account with uh, updates from the. No, I'll, from the I'm, gonna get, <laughs> I'm, I'm taping the game. It's all going to be turned off at that point. Yeah. Good, good for you. Fair, fair play. All right, so yeah, for me, I think Joe's point, and he was breaking up a little bit when he said it, but uh, Jacksonville State post Coach Prime, can those guys actually piece something together and start, you know, putting together some wins? I think everybody wants to see that. I think everybody's looking to see what Colorado does this season. You know, talking wider area, and I made the comment last week that you know I think Shador Sanders is going to be my breakout player this year. Either he's going to rise to the top or he's going to fizzle. But I think Jacksonville State. We'll see how much of an impact that Coach Prime has both by watching both of those teams, you know, see how well Colorado does this season and see if there's a drop off from Jacksonville State, because I think those guys uh, probably bit off more than they could chew thinking Prime was going to be there for a while. And uh, we'll see how that all pans out. But we'll go into weekly locks. Weekly locks. And Dano, you're up. So, uh what you got this week so understanding that um i'm gonna get catch flack from mark and that joe is gonna call me an amateur i am actually taking the irish to cover against navy and the reason is because they got embarrassed last time and what passes for insider information in my house is saying that they need to make a statement both to their fan base and to the playoff committee that has been a little skeptical of the old irish there um i'll t- i'll also take san diego state minus three hosting ohio um, man, I read that Ohio is supposed to be good this year. I do not believe that. Like, come on. Uh, mediocre Mount Mac team traveling to San Diego State. They're going to lose by more than three. Finally, uh, well, I put NC State at UConn under 47 and a half, and that game is not until next week. So I don't know if I get credit for that one or not. But um, anyway, it opened at 50.5. Yikes. Joe, how about you? Yeah, I got I got USC in a route over uh, – San Jose State, minus, they're minus 31 this afternoon. Um, I don't know if it's going to go any higher, but, you know, that offense, they can go up 60 any day of the week. Um, then I, I take UTEP over Jacksonville State. Um, that game, I think, right now is a it's under a field goal. Wow. Um, and then I, I've got SDSU also. My, it's minus three now over Ohio. And, you know, keep an eye on that game because Ohio's starting quarterback is dinged up, and he was one of the best quarterbacks in the MAC, but he might not be playing in this game. Um, and if he doesn't play, I got San Diego State in a route. Um, and then I, I'm not going to bet the Notre Dame Navy game. It's just two twenty and a half. I don't like it. I, I could see Notre Dame getting a garbage touchdown and covering, or I could see uh, Navy making it a one-score game. I could, you know, it, those games against service academies, there's no book for the way they're supposed to go. Something crazy always happens in a service academy game, at least when I'm watching my team play one. And, uh, yeah, I'm just going to enjoy the game. I got, so um, I got, obviously go ahead. <laughs> I obviously have Navy to cover. I know these games that can get quickly out of hand when you're, when you're so overmatched physically, Sam Hartman certainly can make that happen. We were, I was at Cincinnati watching Navy play Cincinnati in Annapolis in 2021 when Hartman scored like 70 points against the uh, army. And we were just laughing at the updates that were coming through on my phone as, as that game was, was playing out. Um, but I still have Navy to cover. And just another storyline in here, Jared Parker, the uh, offensive coordinator at Notre Dame, uh, the Notre Dame faithful are not happy with that hire. Here's the guy who is the, he's the OC at West Virginia. 
um, comes to Notre Dame as a tight ends coach. Uh, everybody knew that his last season in at West Virginia, he was uh, the, the play calling duties were taken away from him. And then in this past year, when Notre Dame could not hire the Utah offensive coordinator for uh, salary considerations, uh, there are a lot of fans that are unhappy with that hire. So I think that I think that Notre Dame will be conservative on offense. I think it's a lot of pressure on him to perform well in week zero. And I think for that reason, maybe covers. Interesting. Yeah, that's fair. But you also got to think it's going to be a televised game. And and again, I think at this point, given the fact that uh, we can basically toss the baby out with the bathwater as far as the 18 playoff is concerned, since all of the conference realignment, I, I mean, we went through all that pain, heartache and and gnashing of teeth like, oh, like how are we going to get this thing fixed? And, you know, the BCS is terrible. The new playoff system, there's not enough teams. Now we're going to go eight teams. But it's like, oh, so we're just going to have a Big Ten playoff to figure out who's going to go into the playoff, yeah, you know, because like it doesn't yeah. even make sense because these conferences are getting so like SEC's dropping conferences in 2025, you know, it's getting or not yeah. conferences divisions. It's getting to the point where, you know, whoever can make the, you know, whoever can hand the biggest bag of McDonald's money to the playoff committee behind the scenes <laughs> is probably going to get, you know, you know, one of the nods. Go ahead, There's a small part of me that feels bad for USC and UCLA, a very small part fans, because they're about to turn into Nebraska and Penn State. Yeah. You watch. Come come run this schedule in the Midwest and play Ohio State in, uh, I don't know, November when it's, you know, three degrees out. Or come to Ann Arbor. <laughs> like, they're not going to like it. I promise you. They may start out hot, and they may be the next, the, the, the pretty girl at the dance. But run that schedule past Halloween and see how healthy your team is and see how you like playing in 20-degree weather. Um, I, I think that USC and UCLA have had a bit of a sweet walk playing out there on the West Coast, and uh, they need some Midwest football in their life, and they're about to get it. Yeah, and I think I think one of the things that you're going to see too is, is like you can't play offense in the Big 12 or the Pac-12 like they do in the Big 10, right? You can't just like – Hey, it's a, it's a race to 70. Like I'm going to hang 70 points and hope I win. I think you're going to run into a much stiffer defensive competition and the coaching is a lot better as far as the defenses are concerned. So they'll make adjustments at halftime and you may be up by 10 points. And then next thing you know, you lose by 20 because the teams are able to make adjustments and doggone it. There's some talented players, you know, in the Midwest that don't get as many looks as they should. But if you bring a wider market like USC and, and, and UCLA, and you're really setting yourself up for failure because if you have a losing record, now you're stuck in the big 10. How do you recruit? You know, one of the biggest controversies that they have is, is, other conferences coming to recruit the skill players out of the out of the left coast, you know. So you've got Ohio State and Michigan going to California and recruiting these quality players. Well, guess what? It's going to be even more compounded now if you're playing against these guys week in and week out, and you're getting your you know you're getting skull drug. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that all pans out. But my picks for this week, I would take the over on USC and San Jose State. Reason being is again. USC is a Big 12 offense, even though they're in the Pac-12. They play defense just like they're in the Big 12, <laughs> you know, so at the end of the day, they're going to – it's a sieve. You know, it's going to be a race to freaking 50 points, and they will easily go over 64 and a half. I think they're going to be looking closer to 70 in that one. And then, uh, surprisingly, I'm going to take Hawaii to cover over Vanderbilt because Vanderbilt that's, basically sucks. That's like, very surprising. Hmm. But their field is still under construction. Yeah, but, you know – Unbelievable. It, they, Andy's terrible, and I have a you know 
personal vendetta right. against those guys. I think the only thing that would make them the worst team <laughs> in the SEC is if they play Texas A&M head-to-head. You know, like that, that, that's like garbage ball for both of those teams. And and what Vandy won's like, won like four games in the last two seasons, let alone, you know, like they were they were nipping at the the, the world record of horrible football in college. So I think uh, I'll take a Y to cover 17. It'll be close. But I think they'll they'll, they'll get get the win and, and probably uh, knock them off the box instead. What? Any last comments, gentlemen? One more time around the horn. You got you guys got anything else, Dano? Uh, just thanks, sweet Jesus, that football is finally here. Like oh. it's been a long summer's drought of sports. I got entirely too into pro wrestling. Like this cannot continue. <laughs> you did. You did because you got into it at all, which means you got entirely too into it. I'm just kidding, man. I'm just kidding. And, and Colonel Rob, you know, you should check out FanDuel and see if you can get a, like a plus 500 bet on just USC to go over 64 and a half. Yeah. Only use one team and see if you can prop bet that because they, they might do it by themselves. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it's it that one's going to be ridiculous. Like, it's going to be ridiculous. Like, like I, I, I fully expect to see at least seventy-five or eighty points in that game, and USC will have sixty of them easy. You know, uh, you can't not. You know, if I'm Caleb Williams, I'm trying to put up as many points as I can because I gotta, I gotta make my case. You know. USC yeah. has been the only team that's ever sniffed close to having a back-to-back Heisman winner, and if Caleb Williams came back for that purpose, he has to show out. You know, I mean, he has to. There, there's, there's. Look no out for JJ about. McCarthy. That's all I'll say about that. I'm saying it early, boys. He might be the first quarterback taken. Look out. Oh man. Well, that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me so long as he puts together, you know, a couple more wins. I, I mean, JJ McCarthy is a solid guy, but like I said, I think honestly, Caleb Williams came back to be the sure. man at USC and try sure. to win the Heisman again. I, I, I mean, like it was a shock to the system that he won last year, at least to me. Like I'm, I'm a college football fan and I've been watching it for a while. I would have much rather said, Hey, look, we're not giving Caleb Williams the, the Heisman trophy, but we're going to give Rezzy Bush his Heisman trophy back. I mean, that would have been a better look for USC in my opinion, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to pause there. So I don't go oh, on man. a rant. But uh, this brings us to the end of the college football roundtable. Hey, we thank Mark the Witty Mitty for coming on today. It's been great having you. As always, we will always. Yeah, we got to bring you back for sure. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, we always like having you on the show. Uh, Thank you. Again, and for those of you guys that are paying attention to the the socials, like we are actively involved into a new picking uh, program. So we're using Bandwagon's Fantasy Sports. It is a very simple league to set up. Go to the go to the App Store. Is the app store? Yeah, we go we have it. It's it's all explained on the website. Go to askforfootball.com, Click the little button that Sandbat says bandwagon fantasy sports. Read the three hundred words that I wrote for you. It couldn't be easier. It'll take you ten minutes. All yeah. of that, including the reading. Yeah, and so what you, what you, what we're doing that this year, just so you guys know that are listening to the as the roundtable is. We do a pick 'em for for ask for football, and rather than uh, having James do it because he is uh, on the go, literally. <laughs> We're going to basically run it through bandwagon sports. And so we're going to let the computer do all the generation. You pick eight teams with a salary cap and winner takes all. If you're in the first club, you have a chance to uh, dethrone. Uh, you have a chance to dethrone games from Brigade Review to get the strap. The strap is on the line. So if you're not registered in there, you can't win. If you're not part of the first club, like I said, you'll get a hearty handshake and a pat on the back if you come out on top. 
but then the the first place finisher of the firstly club will be receiving the strap at the end of the season so if you are looking for some more college football Hey, it's coming up on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of this week. The Church of College Football is now open, so uh, they will always take your money. And the pews were always available, and there's always room up front, particularly when you're at your house. <laughs> oh, Amen. Jesus. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, wish you, I wish you could really see the visual. Anyway, guys, uh, this has been Rob the Angry Colonel uh, calling out of Fayetteville, North Carolina. we got Dano E. Cabeza out of coastal Connecticut trigger Joe in the home of the big house and Mark the witty man I'm in the woods in the great state of Ohio. This has been the college football round table brought to you by as for football. And we will see you guys next time. Thanks. Beat them. Thanks for listening to the as for football college football round table. Tune in next week as the AFF team brings you more hot takes and college football analysis. We'd like to thank our sponsor, BuyerBarn.com. BuyerBarn.com is the world's first platform to perform online auctions and sales for farm animals. BuyerBarn.com is dedicated to helping small farmers in America and are extending a special discount to military veterans who want to help in the revolution of the family farm. Go to BuyerBarn.com forward slash military. That's BuyerBarn.com. B-Y-R-E-B-A-R-N.com to learn more and to get started or email them at info at buyerbarn.com. Thanks again for listening to Ask for Football College Football Roundtable. And as always, beat Navy.